Hi guys, welcome back. What a weekend, guys. We got a no-hitter, a combined one. Matt Manning, a guy I've been super tough on this entire his entire career because you know that was one of the first picks of the tr trashed ass rebuild. I've been very tough on him. He pitched the best game of his career, probably the best game of his life out of any level ever. His stuff was phenomenal. Combined no-hitter. He went six and two-thirds with no hits. I mean, he looked the best in his entire career. Shout out Matt Manning. Shout out Matt Manning. And just because it needs to be said now, just so we can spend a little bit more time enjoying Matt Manning's moment, it sucked to get fouled up to lose in the ninth inning uh, the very next day to close out the first half of the season heading into the All-Star break. But, yeah, back to Matt Manning. That was awesome. He was dominant. He was like – he looked like your one or two guy in the rotation. And I know this was just a flash from him. We've seen, that unfortunately – some not as great outings and just some no outings for him due to injury. But come on, A.J. Hinge. Six and two-thirds and you pull him? Come on. This is in a season like these where, you know what, I'm not even going to think about the AL Central winning it anymore. This team is not worthy to win the AL Central. I want to win. I want to hold on to small victories, like nine-inning no-nos, not combined no-nos. But nonetheless, shout out Jason Foley as well, who closed it out. And uh, Lang, Lang finished it, too. You know what's bothering me? Because we're, we're now on All-Star Weekend this week. How did Lorenzen get the nod over Foley? Foley's been lights out, should have been an All-Star. He's done nothing wrong this entire season. Lorenzen had a couple terrible starts. Bad starts. I think it was just his first four starts with the ERA being under two with a handful of strikeouts. But no, that's still... It was fun to see Michael Lorenzen get um, get the nod, though, as you said, because I watched his interview. He had a little interview, and he like expressed very candidly his surprise that he was uh, named to the All-Star game as well. Which that, that leads me to question, is Michael Lorenzen a fan favorite in Detroit? Is he kind of one that was just like kind of breezing by under the radar? Because... I've, I I couldn't imagine if you were to ask a handful of people, who's your tiger? Who's saying Michael Lorenzen? That's a great question. See, but, see, who is your tiger? I'm actually curious. Mine's McKinstry. See, I, I like, um, I like Foley a lot. And I also like Zach short. Okay. Fair. I like Zach short's been struggling. I also like, oh man, my guys, my guys are struggling. Haas is also my, who I like. Love Haas, hometown kid. You know what? Home you got to give it to him. Shout out Eric Haas. He's had a, one of the worst seasons, if not the worst season of his career. And Bad. it's been terrible, but guess what? He's caught two no hitters for his hometown now. And he gets to brag about that the rest of his life. Think about that way. Haas that is, is dull. It's, it sick. Is cool. it's sick for him. It's sick. He's a. Uh... Haas is great. Jake Rogers, his role is now being diminished because you're right. It looks like Haas is getting the majority of the starts. He's getting the majority of the good starts as well. I don't know. Zach, it's hard to have a Tiger. It's, had to, it's hard because it's – for those who still have Miggy as your Tiger, I feel bad for you. All right, I have a question for you. I'm pulling this up right now. I'm going to make an argument that 2013 Detroit Tigers is a better roster, there's better starting lineup than the AL lineup this year. Oh, I mean, you look at through that Tigers roster, 
top to bottom, they were stacked. Um, Marcus Semyon. So we're just going to go name by name. Who are you taking? Omar Infante or Marcus Semyon? I'm taking Semyon, obviously. Yep. Yep. Even though Omar Infante should have been in the All-Star game that year. Otani or Vimar, we're going Otani. Of course. Randy Arizena or Andy Dirks, we're going Arizena. Okay, but this is where things get interesting. Yes. Corey Seager, or are you taking the dual shortstop of Iglesias and Johnny Peralta? Johnny Peralta's bats were phenomenal that year, and Jose Iglesias was a, practically a golden glove player. But I think he's still got to go to Simeon. Okay. I'm going to go Seager there, too. I'm Johnny taking Seager. Prince Field. I'm, I'm taking I'm taking Prince Field over Yandy Diaz. I'm gonna take our I'm gonna take Tory Hunter that year over Adolis Garcia. Yep. That's I'm gonna cool. I'm gonna take that year Austin probably, Jackson. Probably crazy. This is probably all crazy, but I think it's still fair to be like, you know, yeah, Tory Hunter. Yeah. Austin Hayes or Austin, Austin Jackson. Jackson. We're gonna go Hayes. And then at third, we're going to go Miggy over Josh Jung. Yeah, no doubt. Alex Avila that year was terribly bad at 227, so we're going to take the, the catcher there. But the point I'm making here is that roster is not that far off from being as good as that All-Star Game roster. And isn't just crazy looking back at this? Like, how in the world did they not win? Listen to all the guys on this roster batting above 300 that year. Omar Infante batted 318. Peralta batted 303. Miggy batted 348. Torrey Hunter batted 304. Vimar batted 301. All these guys played over 105 games that year. That's insane. And that, that is crazy. That's going to be like the Atlanta Braves at the end of this season. The oh, Braves yeah. are going to be, that's going to, it's going to be a team, I think, similar to that Detroit Tigers team that was just so top to bottom, had guys who got on base, guys who made contact with the ball. The Braves are my pick right now to win the World Series. Far and away. I I like the Braves. I'm not gonna make a pick right now because I've I'm gonna be honest. We're at the halfway mark. You gotta you gotta cast someone. We're at the halfway mark. We know it's not gonna be the Tigers. Okay, I I, call call it out now. I'm gonna go. You're gonna laugh. I love the Rays. I think they have the pitching, the depth to take a run. We've seen it. They go through a new pitcher every other day. They have a new starting pitcher, and they're coming in. They're throwing gas innings. Yeah. They like, got one of the striders, one of the best. They have six or seven guys that can get hurt, and they can still potentially get to the World Series because of the depth they've assembled with this roster. So I, I'm going to be real with you. I think the Rays win it right now over the Dodgers. We're going to have a rematch of that, but – I mean, we still have a couple months of baseball. We have a couple months of trade deadline. I mean, we can't. I don't want to make a pick until I see what happens at trade deadline. Because a team like the Orioles, who are like, I don't know if they get it done in the next two or three years, but if they make like two or three big splashes, which very cheap ownership, the question is, will they? If they can make a couple big splashes, like let's just say, and they're a team that can facilitate a trade for this. I'm just going to throw it out there. Otani would never go there. But a team that can facilitate a trade with the farm system and prospects they have is Baltimore. 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 If they bring in Shohei Otani, which I I don't know if there's a single rumor in the world about that. Like, I I bet 
Steinbrenner overpays for him. He goes to the Yankees. Like it's going to be something like that. Or the Dodgers overpay for him. He goes to the Dodgers because they can facilitate a trade as well. But the Orioles are a very interesting destination because I, I just feel like that's a piece that like signifies they can win it all. And they think they can win it all. So Baltimore, keep an eye on them at deadline. They're in a very tough division. They're every game's a tough game for them. You know, you're playing five teams above or close to 500 in that division. I mean, the fact that they're playing this well, the AL East is going to win the World Series. Whoever gets out of the out of the uh, AL will be from the AL East, and they're going to win it all. Tigers. <laughs> guys who I would like, a list of guys that I would like to be possibly gone at the deadline. Let's go one for one. Okay. First guy. I'm shopping Alex Lang, even though he's not been great. I'm seeing what I can grab for him. I'm going to explore the market. I don't know if I trade him. What value does Kerry Carpenter have in the trade market? So, this so this is, is where I stand. okay. This is where I stand. Max Clark, you know the pick they got the other yes. day. That yes. pick signifies they're four or five years away from doing anything. Like, they're going to extend this an entire decade-long rebuild. That That's very clear to me. Kerry Carpenter, I don't think he's a guy who's going to be here in five years. No. That's I a guy I'm shocked. That's a guy I'm no. shocked. I agree with you. Um, What do you think? I, I think, yes. I think he's different from someone who's like Veerling, where um, Carpenter is young enough, I think, still to have upside. Veerling has been long enough where he's been on a couple teams. I don't think AJ Hinge even said that Veerling is going to be a guy who is more likely going to move possibly to a utility infield player because they just got way too many guys in the outfield. I think I'd rather retain that than Kerry Carpenter, who it seems like he hit a couple bombs in the beginning of the year. Lefty, so I guess maybe that's even more value to hitter. I don't know. He's not some. He's not a guy I'm crazy about. So therefore, bye bye. If I'm not crazy about you, which pretty much only exists of Riley Green, Jason Foley, and kind of Torque, and a handful of our starting pitchers, fucking Sayonara. So Grant, I agree with you. Um, he's 25. I mean, by the time we're out of this rebuild, he's 30. If there's any time it's to move him, he's yeah. If there's any time to move him, he's 25 years old and playing pretty damn good baseball right now. That that's actually a guy I'm really looking at moving. That's a guy 100 percent haven't even thought of, and I million percent agree with you, Grant. Um, another guy I'm looking at moving, Erod, obviously, but I mean, yep. pitching isn't signifying he's has much trade value. Uh, another guy I'm shopping is Lorenzen. Yep. Give me two. Exactly. Give me two. Yeah. Do you have two more, or is that pretty much your four guys? Uh, I was thinking of a sneaky five. Of, I just had him on the tip of my tongue. Who was I thinking about that? I think they could they could get value because of where that player is at now. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe it is. I got one short. more. I'm looking at ages. I'm looking at ages on these players, considering you know. The what about Joey picks. Wentz? What about Joe? He's too old. Joey Wentz is just terrible. He's never. He's not worth anything. But a guy, I actually, you know, who I think is going to be a big trade target 
Fans will hate it. I, I know you don't like it. I don't like it. But when they make a draft pick that signifies they're not even close to ready to win, Jason Foley's 27. Yeah, Jason Foley. And I think uh, hopefully this is where Scott Scott hears this would be this would be his calling card. This is if he can get something appropriate. I think Jason Foley is our best trade piece. I don't want to trade him. I think he's probably even got more upside than Lang. But Scott Harris, get what we are owed if you're gonna give out Jason Foley. Don't I don't want a ham sandwich in return. I won't, I'm not gonna make the Javier Baez trade that I'd make for Jason Foley. Give me a ham sandwich and five dollars, and we'll send you Javier Baez with his bags packed. I agree. We'll see. There's not much they can really do. I, I they just signified their direction because we didn't know what the direction was for the last six months since you know the Red Wings look back. I mean, we don't talk about that on here, but the Red Wings made. I know. I know. Shame on me also for not knowing more. To bring Kit. The Brinkat, what are, am I saying it right? I don't even Brink know. It. Just, it goes to show how much of a casual I am, but hopefully the Red Wings just turn it up now. Oh, yeah. You know what? My cousin's from Canada. Um, yeah. yeah I've, 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 I've said this whole time. I'm like, I'm not, you know how rebuilds are. The fans are like always really weary on it, right? Like, it's not something you can sell an entire fan base on. The Pistons did in the beginning, and now they've lost everybody. But the Red Wings, he he's kept telling they, you know, hockey's like a religion down there. That's their football. They watch, they sit in front of their screen, they watch every game every night. They've said the whole time, they said, you guys are building a dynasty. Just trust the process. I you think Eisman, yeah, Eisman's the guy. He's always been the guy in this city. Why question him now? <laughs> oh, exactly. You know what? Hopefully they can play for a playoff spot this year. I will be there. I've already said first playoff game in Detroit, I'm there. Regardless if it's the Red Wings, who I barely watch, if it's the Lions that I watch six, 17 games a season of my entire life, I've watched every game. Whether it's somehow the Pistons, which won't happen, surprising everybody and slipping in the play-in or something. I will be at the first playoff game in Detroit. I'm hoping it's the Lions or the Red Wings. They look like they're the closest. But Can talk about the Lions. We collectively will be there. Oh, we will be. And we will be loud. We'll show these motherfuckers what Detroit's about because we haven't seen a playoff game here in like six years. I think it is. It's got to be between the Lions and the the Reds to be there for. Okay, I have a question for you. Rank the rebuilds in in your trust in it. I'll go first. The one I like the most so far is the Lions. Not even rebuilds. We're out of rebuilds. We're out of it now, but I'm talking about out of the teams. Well, all the four teams, where, where's your trust in? My number one is the Lions. My number two is the Wings. The Pistons are probably three, but they're very close to the Tigers at four. You know what? They, I agree with your exact order. And since we mentioned them at three, and why I think they're at three is because I think they made a smart move the other night. Yeah. Signing Isaiah Stewart a year early, extending him an extra four years before the cap space, cap space continues to grow exponentially. I think giving him $68 million over four years is not a bad play whatsoever. Look, he this has been the backbone rebuild. How much? 64 over four. 60, what'd I say? 68. Oh, 64 over four. I think that giving someone who's proven that they got their heart and their mindset is bought in I'm happy to pay Isaiah Stewart. 
I'm happy before we had to pay him more, possibly down down a year or two from now. So the, I 100% agree with you, Grant. I, I you know I've I've said the whole time about it. I don't know if Stu's like a long term piece. I think 100% they're committed to him now. I think he's putting in the work to be a, like a solid role player. Like I'm not saying this guy is going to be like 15 and 12 a game. That's unrealistic. But this guy, I mean, when this team hopefully, which I don't know if they're even building for it, but if this team is building for a conference championship at some point, he's going to be a major piece of it. I know it. He'll be like, and that's the guy we're going to be talking about if they ever win, which will never happen. If they ever win, that's like the guy we're going to be talking about because like that was your hard soul of the rebuild. That was your first like major piece. And I think what an interesting piece of information. I read this on Twitter. I wish I could credit who I think it was probably James Edwards. Um, Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart is the first rookie to be retained since who? I know the answer. First rookie. It's, a, it's, gonna, it's an obvious one. That, Andre yeah, Drummond. Andre Drummond. Since Andre Drummond, this is the first rookie that's been retained on a second contract. This is this has got to be a good sign. This is that a great is sign. A good sign. That's a great sign. The league value was twelve to fourteen mil. We're giving Bagley twelve and a half. So yeah, it would be a little disrespectful to give Stu fourteen. Sixteen's reasonable considering he's developing a three point shot, which is something he did not have at least the last couple seasons. Um. He's I mean, at least the first two seasons, he didn't have a jumper. He's starting to develop it now. He's starting to adjust to the game for $16 million on a young player. I'm going to sit back, shut my mouth. You would 100% agree with this, Grant. This guy either makes the biggest bonehead decision you can possibly make, or this guy makes a really smart move. And there is never anything in between with this guy. But what, Kenny, are you, are you still caught up with the Sar Thompson as being boneheaded? That was so stupid. I, I Kevin, Kevin like what you've seen from him in Summer League? Summer League. Look at what we've seen some of these guys in the past. I, know, I, mean, I don't take it seriously. I'm not right. watch, I don't watch the Summer League. I don't care for the Summer League. Kyle Kuzma looked like he was going to be the next LeBron James in that Summer League. Like, I'm not, I don't watch it. Look, and this is what I'm going to say. I hope I eat my words on this. I really do. But – when it took Cade this long to, you know, get rid, you know, it took Cade super long to get used to the NBA. And he played in the Big 12, one of the best conferences in college basketball. And he saw how long it took Ivy to play in the Big Ten. And that season was the best, his freshman year was the best year of the Big Ten. Um, If it took that long for those two guys, Duran too, to get used to the NBA rhythm and the NBA pace. I mean, this guy's been playing D2, D3 guys for the last couple years, basically an AAU hoop run every day. And I'm just watching that, and I'm like, there's no way this is going to translate to the NBA. There's You're talking no about Star Thompson in overtime moving. There's no way any of this, any of his stuff's going to translate to the NBA. I mean, I've never been so sure about a bust in my life. I, I don't see a way this kid's in the league in four years. We're not even, this pick will be Darko talk about. I'm telling you right now. This will be up there with Darko. This will be up there with Brandon Knight over over Pembo and all those guys. This one's going to be worse than Killian Hayes. Hey, shout out Killian Hayes. By the way, he's not going to be the most hated player on this team comes December. 
he's going to be the second most hated player on this team. So, so Thompson, you really yeah. think? No, yeah. Kenny, Kenny, these fans won't hate Asar Thompson. Even it, it will take a whole year. People didn't hate Killian that first year. There was still too much hope. People still don't hate Killian Hayes. You are going to be a lonely man on this lonely ship, Kenny. I have a feeling. Even I if he Pistons fans are lying to themselves about this entire rebuild. I'm telling you. I'm you're going to be by yourself. Exactly. You're going to be by yourself in this. And I, if I eat my words, I eat my words. But I, I don't see 25 wins coming out of this team. I don't see a way this team's even competing for a playoff spot. Not a play-in, but a six-seed and above for another three or four years. And at that point, I mean, who's going to stick around? Nobody. Why would anybody want to stick around if they're winning 30 games every year? There's no loyalty in this league. There's never been loyalty in this league. You're telling me a guy like Kate Cunningham, who's sitting at 25 to 33 wins for the next two years. Do you really think that guy wants to stick around any longer or and just miss the playoffs and just barely play for a play-in every year? Grant, I am telling you, there is no way this is going to work. There is zero chance this rebuild is going to work. They got three more years to even play for a playoff spot. And at that point, I mean, you're not going to have Weaver in the front office in three years if they've not made a playoff game. And I'm not talking about seven, eight. I'm talking about six. Weaver will be gone. Monty will be gone. Everybody's going to be gone. You're going to have to start from scratch all over again. I am telling you right now, they are going absolutely nowhere. They have zero direction but but stagnant or down. And honestly, what are they building, a six seed in the future? I mean, who the hell cares? That's mediocrity. And in my opinion, in a league like that, you either need to be the best team in the league or the worst team in the league. You can't be anywhere in between. Well, we were the worst team in the league last year, and we still got stuck. And and they deserve it. They deserve it. You played you, – look, this is my problem with the rebuild, Grant. They have zero urgency to put anything on the floor around Cade, Ivy, and Dern. Now, I get it. Like, the guys this offseason, I would not have touched. I 100% agree with them not touching Kuz, Jeremy Grant, all those guys. They, they they have no urgency. And I thought when Weaver took over, this was a three, maybe four-year plan. Maybe four years. I mean, we're looking at six years now. Because they have no urgency to do anything. And people will start getting impatient. It's just how it goes. You're taking way too long to put a product on the floor. People will not want to stick around. And I'm telling you, there, there's zero way. I don't think they know what they're doing. If they wanted to put, if they wanted to put a respectable product out on the floor this year, like a product that would at least be competitive and more than 25 wins, I'd, I'd sit back, Grant, and say, guess what? Bring it on. But sitting here every single year, you you can't go out there and sign a super max player grant or sign a max player next year if you're a bottom five team in the league again this year. And that's what people don't understand. That's buying for no reason whatsoever. You can't buy for sucking. You can't just buy being a bottom five team every year. They're going to be stuck again next year. And who the hell's coming here? Who the hell's going to come here? So, like, they're stuck. There's nowhere to go. I'm telling you, this rebuild's done. There's nowhere to this. This rebuild has nothing but down to go. I, I and I hope I eat my words on this, but there, there's no way this is going to work. Hopefully, in better news, Kenny, 
Let's do a new little segment. What we call Does Kenny Know the Line? Does Kenny Know the Line? So, FanDuel Sports sometime this week just dropped their week one Vegas lines. So, Kenny, I'm going to be quizzing you on Thursday night football, the home opener, or excuse me, not home opener, but season opener between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. Who do you think? Okay, let's go first with the total over under. What do you think the magic number is, Kenny? We got the two best offenses in the league on each side of the conference. I think I'm going to go 55 and a half. Wow, Kenny, you were pretty damn close. So 54 and a half is. Am I right? Was I actually only one off? Very close. Very stinking close. I figured you'd be close. So this is the highest total by about four points to the Chargers Dolphins. We're going to be playing at Sunday at four. So these are two of the most hypercharged offenses in the league. I think it's going to be a really exciting, high-scoring affair, Lions-Chiefs. Now, what do you think, Kenny? Do you know what the spread line is slash will be? Six points to Kansas City. Say one more time. Six to Kansas City. And you're right there. Six and a half to Kansas City. So we're looking at six and a half. And 54 and a half being our numbers. It's going to be intriguing. I was thinking the line would be at seven and a half. Trying to screw people who are thinking the Lions might win by within one touchdown. But this six and a half makes me think the Lions have a chance. I think this is week one. Everybody's watching. All eyes are on Detroit. You said this a couple episodes prior. You would 100%. You, you agree with this. You said. They're expected to win every game the rest of the year if they win week one. And Which if why I don't want, want to, it to happen. Grant, 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 Grant. You play to win every fucking game. They oh, better fucking – you better win week one in front of everybody. I'm oh. saying you don't play to lose. You don't play to lose, Grant. You don't. I, I might. I know Dan Campbell doesn't, and thank God he's the coach of this goddamn football team. Okay? I hope they keep going for fourth down, a fourth down – Fucking way more than they should have liked last year. I hope Jameer Gibbs is explosive out the backfield. I'm, I got high hopes. I got high hopes for the weary. Okay? We need something bad in this town. Bad. We need we need a good bounce. Tigers aren't going to do it for us. Red Wings, we, we're too far from winter. Pistons, I guess we got Isaiah Stewart. But no, we need this Thursday night football. We need it to be a win. And, yeah, this team needs to blow down the doors to the NFL season. Let them know that Detroit is here came to play. I think they're here to play. I, they just got to stay healthy, man. They stay healthy. The sky's the limit. And I think the ceiling, if they go out, and you want to hear my take? You're going to be like, you, I think either this, this, the people listening to this will 100% agree or they're going to think I'm the biggest fucking idiot in the world. You want to hear it? I'm listening. I think if they go out and they get either D hop or chase Yawk, one or the other, they are going to get to the Super Bowl. that they're one piece away, one star away from elevating themselves to like actual contenders right now. They're NFC championship contenders, like to make the game. That's where they're at because you got to go through Philly. 
And you probably got to go through San Fran, which I think you can go through San Fran. I think you could. Philly's the team that, I mean, I cannot, I still can't believe they got Jalen Carter. I still can't believe that happened. I said if the Lions didn't draft him, he was going there no matter what. And I thought I, I thought that was ass talk and me just thinking they're the fucking Eagles and they'll do it. And they actually did. The Eagles won the draft again. I would not be shocked if the Eagles go 17 and all. I really gonna be, no, them and the 49ers, those are our teams. That's who we gotta we're looking at them. We're tracking their schedules as our schedules are going down. The Eagles for sure, they're gonna be overpowered on defense. And the 49ers are gonna be good regardless of who's playing quarterback. Doesn't matter. They'll plug in whomever back there. Could be Sam Darnold, could be Brock Purdy. Doesn't seem like it'll be Trey Lance. But I think uh that's what I think. That's the only thing on my mind. By the way, if you're a uh fantasy, uh if you play fantasy, you wanna know my sleeper pick in this draft? Yeah, tell us, Ken. Grant, you better not fucking draft him over me. Jameer Gibbs. He's playing 50-50 receiver running back right now. In a PPR league, that guy's going to be a top five player if he's taking that many reps at receiver. He's like the Danny – he would be like the Danny Woodhead of fantasy. For like that one year where he caught all those screen passes. Yeah, but Woodhead – That's going to be Jameer Gibbs if he's lined up. No, no, no. We already ha- – Danny, we already have an a like on steroids Danny Woodhead missing. It's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Can we get – can we get black Christian McCaffrey is the question. I hope so. Oh, I hope so. I hope he turns it up week one. I hope he's nasty. I'm just afraid our, our history of drafting running backs and injuries just might bite us in the fucking ass again. Because it just seems like every time they draft a running back, they get hurt. Javid. Oh, Mike Alba, sure. Javid best. Joint Bow, even though he was not drafted, he would get hurt all the time. Like, he was a pretty. Oh, Swift. Swift. Oh, it's just it's a long list. Now, granted, I'm glad he's gone. Though I'll say, it. that that that's a that was a that was just more of a headache than anything. Having DeAndre Swift, is he will he or won't he perform today? Glad we don't have to do that anymore. Glad we're over that. Oh, glad we're over it. He annoyed the living hell out of me because one day he'd show up, play amazing. Well, the way he played pissed me off. The guy would just zigzag. Like, he never actually just went straight up and down the field. I know. Too much lateral movement. No longer will he, won't he. We're good. We're free. He drove me crazy. I mean, you saw the potential in him. That was the thing. Like, you actually saw he had potential. He just never lived up to it. No, but he's going to – it's going to – it's going to – it's going to click in Philly. Wow. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. If they didn't think that Ali McNeil, Kaminsky, Paschal – Bugs, all those guys, if, if they weren't confident in the four of those guys interiorly, they would have gone deep line earlier. Yeah. I, I know our outside guys are going to be good. The, our, we got a fun team, man. We got a fun team. We got Hutch. I've been loving Kirby Joseph on Twitter. He's been great. He's worth the follow, Kirby Joseph. This team is fun. I'm excited. I'm really excited. It's weird. I'm like not used to this. It's an unfamiliar feeling. Well, you know what I really liked about them in those last couple games? How loose they played. Like, they were playing so loose at the end of the year. Like, it was it was really nice to see. And you got That's- most of those guys coming back. It, you could just tell every single guy on that roster bought in. And there wasn't a lot of talent anywhere. 
on that defensive well, side of the ball. Coaching staff. And what other Kenny, what other coaching staff collectively who would you would you rather have anyone else besides Dan Campbell at the helm, Ben Johnson calling plays, and Aaron Glenn preventing plays? Like we got it. This is it. This is it. I don't think there's another maybe the 49ers Kyle Shanahan team is the only one that I would take in exchange. Oh, 100%. He's got the reason they were overperforming. The reason we beat the Packers was because of the coaching staff. These guys got their guys playing, and they got them playing like dogs, like dogs. <laughs> These guys were flying, man. I mean, this yeah. guy flying at the end of the season. You can just tell every single one of those guys bought in at the same time. And now you got other, you got more vets coming in this year. You have guys who have been in the league longer. You have more talent coming in, like Cam Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley. You have Graham Glasgow, a vet in this league, coming back to Detroit. Marvin Jones, a long time <laughs> in this league, coming back to Detroit. I'm looking through our roster. There's leadership. There's depth. There's, there's a mix of very, 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 very talented young players and good vets and good leaders. And I think they have a clear direction and this direction is the opposite of the Pistons. It's nothing but up from here. And I'm telling you, we're going to have a very, very, very fun football season here in Detroit. And I know for a fact that we're going to look back at this season, even if they get bounced in the first round. If they win Kansas City week one, we're going to look back at this Kansas City game. And we're going to say that was the turning point in the franchise if they win. That was the turning point game of the franchise. I agree. I agree. Or you'll maybe, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Kenny, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Grant, for hopping on. I was just about to end it too. So thanks for hopping on, Grant. We'll be back again. There's really nothing going on this week. I know. So, well, because it was a slow week last week because 4th of July, we're now in the all-star break for baseball. We got a little bit of dead time, but I'm sure something will hit soon. 